Welcome to the PT Coffee Cast, a podcast helping coffee-infused clinicians elevate their practice by realizing the tools they already possess. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the PT Coffee Cast, brought to you by The Movement. My name is Dalton, and alongside me today is my beautifully bearded friend, William. William, how are we doing today? Uh, we're doing good, man. How about you? Yeah, not bad. Today's been today's been a good day. Um, you know, started off with a, a little run. Um, did some client work. Typed some emails up. Had a little lunch with the team, and now we're here. Here we are. Here we are. It's been a good day. I uh, know it's going to be a good episode when you bust out your dinosaur hat. Oh, yeah. Take a look. It's like, that is the dad hat. Like, I don't know if there is a more dad hat than that. I love it, man. You know, it really, uh, you know, it just kind of gets me in the zone. Think like a dinosaur, be like a dinosaur. <laughs> You know? Yeah. We're going to move on quickly from this <laughs> intro because this guy's struggling. Take a sip of coffee, bro. Okay. F- reset. <laughs> this guy. You know what the problem is? I had a Red Bull today. Really? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. When? You don't need to know. <laughs> that makes me nervous. I know. Will has come from a struggle with an energy drink addiction. This explains a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it does. You know, it's like uh, the root of it all. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But uh, we're super excited to be back, guys, with another episode. Um, We are going to be chatting a little bit about why empowerment um, takes time. And, uh, you know, Will brought this topic up before we jumped into this podcast. And as he always does, he has much better thoughts than I do. Um, and I was like, Ooh, this is a good, uh, episode for the podcast because obviously empowerment is one of those words that gets thrown around a lot in the, the health space, physio space. It's something that like we really value. Um, you know, it's part of our mission of, you know, helping people take control of their health. Um, so like it's a good piece of conversation. However, I think there are certain aspects of it that you know take time and that maybe aren't done as well and maybe we think we're empowering people but are we actually empowering people and um, part of our conversation today is just around this idea of why we think it does take time um, and some some of those aspects so I'm excited to uh, to dive in into that a little bit um, so maybe I'll pass it over to you and kind of have you lay the groundwork and then we'll we'll dive in Sure. And, and to be fair, I actually, the reason I started thinking about this more was um, Jared Hall made a post um, about like this kind of topic about um, seeing people more frequently and for longer and that type of thing. And it, it stimulated a lot of good conversation in the, in the comment section I saw. So, you know, that's, that's where I got it. I just wanted to kind of throw that out there because, um, you know, I didn't invent this topic. Yeah, shout out, shout out Jared <laughs> Hall, former PT Coffee Cast guest. Like way back in the early days, like you're gonna have to scroll way back. Um, but yeah, I've learned a lot from Jared, so that's cool. I didn't realize that's where you got it from. 
yeah, he just stimulates a lot of good uh, conversation, you know, uh, tries to kind of challenge, challenge different thoughts, which I think is cool. But basically the idea is like about uh, maybe for, for what we're going to talk about, it's this idea that a lot of people feel like because they, in their mind, they want to empower people. So what they interpret that as is seeing clients less frequently. And I think there's a case to be made that um, that could actually be not beneficial for a lot of clients, depending on where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of the the basis of the conversation. Yeah, and I think you know the first little point on our whiteboard here is like the importance of having more frequency maybe early on. Um, and you had mentioned like around this idea of like helping them learn or build the the skill the skills that are necessary to um, to help build that empowerment. Um, so is there certain like experiences that you've had where you've seen like, oh, okay, I need a little bit more time here to build these skills so that this person can be empowered? Yeah, well, I would say I went through, and I think probably you did too, um, not to put words in your mouth, but when I first got out, I was like, very much I wanted to empower people, which is, I think, a great place to sort of start from. But uh, what I realized was if I didn't see people very frequently, and I'm talking like if I saw them every other week, you know, what would often happen is like there's a good chance that they'd have a flare-up or something like that during that time period, and uh, then they wouldn't have my guidance throughout that. Then they come back in two weeks – and it's sort of like hard to uh, to take much from that, and often I would just lose the client entirely. Um, so I think that's where I started to realize and have a bit of a paradigm shift where I'm like, oh, I actually probably should be seeing these people more frequently, at least for a little while, to help foster the skills needed to navigate that. Right, because it's almost like if you're not teaching them enough or they're not understanding enough how to manage it on their own, it's like, and you're trying to give them the opportunity to feel empowered, they have a little bit, but they don't have all the tools to be able to to do that. And then that often probably makes them feel like, oh, maybe this isn't the right thing for me or I can't control this or you know, maybe I'll go somewhere else. Um, whereas if you're like building those skills enough and they're understanding it and they're truly able to be empowered, then they won't feel that way in between like a session essentially. Totally. And it's also, uh, for us too, because like, Mm -hmm. you know, I think to some, some cases we've got going on right now where we are, you know, just kind of starting and it takes a bit to figure out the person and how they need to navigate things, especially if like there's added complexities of maybe like they do CrossFit or something like that, which is just inherently like a challenging thing to get people back to because there's so much variability built in. Right. Um, and so like if someone's having a flare up and like, like we need to quickly talk about it and what's going on so that we can adjust and, you know, and figure out, what works for this person to to kind of gauge whether something's appropriate or not 
you know, and if I see them two weeks later, it's like all that data was just not useful because it happened too long ago and they don't remember or the memory's skewed, you know what I mean? And so you want to see them early and often so that like you can learn from those lessons quick and help them build confidence because if you go too long and, and they come back and they're like, ah, you know, this, I was having so much pain and, you know, I didn't know what to do. And then now we don't really know what to do either. It's like how much confidence and how much trust is being built. Mm. Yeah. And I think early on more touch points to build that trust is super important. And I think you're trying to figure them out as a, yeah. as a individual and like how they operate, how do they respond to flare ups? How do they even just navigate the world? What are their values? How are they viewing these things? But at the same time, they're also feeling you out and trying to think like, can I trust this person? And like, is this information that they're giving me going to be helpful? And, you know, I've seen another practitioner before and it didn't work. So I'm not maybe as trustworthy of this situation. They need more time. And I think having those more frequent touch points with your client allows for that to build, um, which can then eventually down the line lead you to like um, allowing them to actually be empowered and go off and have more time between sessions. Um, yeah, I think that's the main point there is like to em- power you have to help build the skills right and that's part of like there's a building process adopting a coaching mindset and helping them build those things versus like oh i'm i'm helping them be empowered by identifying this is the issue giving them a bunch of exercise to do and then saying hey go do these on your own and like implement them on on your own type thing that's not really empowering people necessarily totally be like teaching someone how to throw a baseball and you go, okay, here's how you throw it. We'll see you in a month. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. And you're like, okay. Versus here's what we're going to do. We got a drill. Let's work on it for a week or a few days or whatever. Then let's check in with it and see how it went on your own. Try to progress things, right? Like that, you're going to have to do that for a bit until they get the basics down. And then you can layer on some things, you know, at more spaced out. Yeah. And I think a big component of this is shifting this idea um, in clients mind that like coming to see us is like as bad or as like, oh, I'm coming because I'm injured. This is like a negative thing. Like help me improve this versus like coming in and viewing it as an opportunity to build those skills. And like we as clinicians need to provide that opportunity for them as, hey, this is an opportunity for us to help educate you and build skills so that you can continue to apply these to your day to day. And there's value in that. And if that mindset mindset gets shifted, people are more up, more up to be like, Oh, I do want to come in more frequently or, Oh, this is actually like a quote unquote good thing. Even though I'm still in pain, we're building on that skill set to eventually get me to the point where I'm not, that's not needed or I'm feeling empowered to do things on my own. Um, cause I think people still have this like view of like, it's bad. It's like a bad thing to come into physio because like they're injured. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like freak, like more frequent sessions or maybe a longer time seeing someone is not, uh, inherently unethical. Right. Right. It's only unethical if your entire goal is to develop dependency. Right. 
right? We're, that's not what we're trying to promote, right? And I think people get that. Like, as long as your goal is to help foster, you know, new skills and things that they can implement on their own uh, or just becoming healthier in general, like, that's okay. It's okay to see them more frequently or it's okay to continue to see them. Right. And then not basing your worth as like a clinician on the number of times that you're seeing someone like you're not, you're not bad. If you see someone more like, you know, you have to see them more frequently or you're not this superstar. If you've seen someone one time, it's not, that's not what the value should be placed on. The value should be what skills and what are you providing that client so that they can eventually get to being empowered which may mean three sessions may mean 20 sessions and I think like I know for myself it's like you know we always talk about like like a PVA or patient you know how many times this client coming in and I think it's very important that we understand what these things are and and all that and have this to like track data and there's there's value to this we do it here but I think like the value shouldn't always be placed on the number of sessions um, or touch points you're having with the client and your worth as a clinician is not dictated based off that your worth as a clinician is based off how well you're helping your clients get these outcomes. Now you have to figure out how you identify if they've gotten these outcomes, but that should be more of what the worth is placed on as a clinician versus like the frequency. Yeah. And like those PVA things probably only really matter at the extremes. You know, if your PVA is two, there's something going on. Right. If they're, right. if your PBA is 40, like there's probably something going on. I want to look into that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Should be somewhere in the realm of like, you know, five to 15 or something like that. 100, you know? 150. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, the other thing, you know, I wanted to ask you about, and I think is good to talk about is just like what, maybe might be indicating that someone is built the skills and built the understanding and are ready to be like empowered or navigate these things on their own. Um, you know, as, as a clinician too, like are there things you're picking up on where you're like, "Mm, I'm going to challenge this person a little bit by giving them a little bit more freedom or maybe not necessarily having like as close together of a touch point, because I want to see if we can, if they can implement what we've been working on. Yeah. And I think it's obviously going to vary depending on the person and what they're working on and what their goals are and all that. Um, but generally you want to see that they are, you know, verbalizing, they're communicating to you, um, how they navigated things on their own successfully between your sessions. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, someone has a flare up, they tell you they were able to, successfully calm down their symptoms and then they have a thought process about things that you've talked about about how they're going to make that adjust their next workout so they're showing signs of like actually implementing and understanding like they're comprehending what you've been telling them Mm -hmm. so as long as you're aware of what lessons you've been going through throughout the process and you're seeing signs of them doing that on their own. I think it's time to try, you know, if that's your goal, if your goal is to see them less often, have them work on their own, right. Uh, versus like working on different issues or whatever, right. Then that probably indicates, okay, let's try 
go on a couple weeks out, see what happens. Mm-hmm. Right. And just reinforcing those lessons or whatever that you're going through. Yeah. And I think it's oftentimes it should be them verbalizing it to you. Like, you know, maybe you're asking leading, you're at, you're asking questions to explore whether or not like they're picking up on those things, but it should be them verbalizing it to you and you not like telling them unless they're, unless sometimes what, I, what I find is like, they will actually show me signs of understanding and empowering and I'm just connecting the dots for them. And I'll usually do it by asking like a question versus telling them, but sometimes they'll show these signs and I'll try to question them to connect the dots to realizing that, Hey, like you can manage this flare up on your own. Or when someone one another thing I often like makes me super pumped and like is a sign that I think they're getting closer to like kind of, doing their own thing if that's what they want um is when they're talking about progressing themselves you know like sometimes they'll come like you know i know you we didn't talk about doing this but like i was feeling this way and i was thinking like you know maybe i'll try to add a little bit more load or i tried to like do this a little bit faster or whatever you know um and and i'm like yeah that's hype like what made you feel like you're you were ready to do that. And then they start to list off like a couple things that make sense clinically and they're doing that on their own. Like that to me is another indication of like, okay, this client is understanding the things that we're talking about. And they're at a point where, Hey, if your goal is to get back to this and you don't want my guidance any further than that, then let's test this out a little bit. Like let's take a little bit of time in between our session or whatever it may be. Like, I think those are good indications of, of that. Yeah, it's a good point that, you know, it doesn't always have to be like a verbal. They might not explain it in the same scientific way as you do even. But I think the important thing is that you're using those kind of measures and signs as, and then letting that dictate, you know, how frequently you should see each other versus just going, oh, we're at the third session bi-weekly. Right. Right. It should be. You know, it might be session two for someone else and it might be session eight for another person. Right. Right. Yeah. And then I I know I, I feel like I just have to say this. I know I would hope that people assume this, but like objectively we're making decisions clinically as well as like, we're not just going to let this person just because they're like, oh, I'm feeling empowered. I'm going to go and, <laughs> yeah. you know, start doing 325 pound back squat. You know, we're objectively guiding them as well in the decision-making process, that's always going to be part of what we're doing. And I think a lot of what we try to do is tie that into the client's understanding so that they understand like objectively as well. Like, Hey, maybe you're feeling like you're ready to go and run, but you're still having trouble doing a single leg pogo hop. Right? Like, so those things are still included as well. We're not just like (laughs) letting people go off because they're feeling like they're at that point if they're not ready we're not no I, like in in certain cases it more probably just means like oh this is prognostically like heading in the right direction but like if you have an acl like someone right. with a who just got an acl re- reconstruction like it's good that they're learning these principles and stuff that's great but you probably still need to see them more frequently um, for a while anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. You got to obviously pair that with your clinical findings and what's in, what they need, you know, and oftentimes that kind of thing is seeing them more frequently. Right. Yeah. And I think that, that is tied into like empowerment of the client. Right. Um, yeah, you're not trying to, 
empower them to just be a physio. (laughs) Yeah. It's like they're only going to learn so much, you know? Yeah. Uh, You know, about the specific clinical stuff, like where you're going to be the one that needs to help them with that, right? This is different than having them learn like general principles for like navigating things, you know, throughout the week and whatnot. Right. Which like most of our, most clients are very capable of that. And often like a lot of times they're doing the right things, a lot of the right things with just like little tweaks that we need to make along the way. Um, anything else on that? No, I think that pretty much covered it all. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. I'm glad that you, uh, took that extra sip of coffee. I think you really, (laughs) you really pulled it together. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, (laughs) that's all we got for today guys uh before we wrap up make sure you are following us over on instagram at pt coffee cast we're putting out a bunch of content there um as well as subscribing the podcast on your podcast platform whether that be apple podcast spotify google podcast wherever you're consuming it if you guys want to reach us you can dm us or you can email us at um podcast at the movement physio.ca and then lastly we have some free content for you guys available in the show notes of this episode as well as the link in our bio we have our three y ebook and we have our sales tips to help client outcomes and hopefully sooner than later we'll have some other sweet stuff for you guys to consume but for now that's all we got as always stay caffeinated peace